Hi guys, welcome to Jules and Phoebe, the bi-weekly pop culture and social commentary podcast brought to you by yours truly, Jules and Phoebe. This is our first episode and we're super excited. Be gentle with me. <laughs> I feel like, Jules, I feel like you're the pro at this and I'm really like, oh God, is anyone even going to want to to listen to me speak? Maybe I could just be interviewing you for the duration. I wouldn't call myself a pro. I'll take the compliment, but I wouldn't call myself a pro. I did have a podcast called Kipepeo. So all of the Kipepeo listeners that are joining us on the Jules and Phoebe pod, thank you for listening. But Phoebe is actually incredibly dynamic. She's far thank more you. interesting than I am. So I'm sure that our <laughs> listeners are gonna listen but yeah thanks for thanks for joining us you guys this is a bit of a new foray for me as i said but really looking forward to getting started on this i guess the thing is that the podcast is one of those things where there's a 50 percent chance that people are going to be like why do you even think you're interesting but (laughs) (laughs) okay all right let's go into the positive (laughs) let's 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 just move away But since it's our first episode, I guess we'll start with kind of like, what's the overall theme of this Mm -hmm. podcast from your perspective, Phoebe? I think that this is a chance for us to basically have conversations that we were having anyway, or that we are having anyway. But actually by potentially opening that out to bigger audience, there's a capacity to learn more. And I think certainly with the, the conversations that we have and the topics that they tend to center around, I'm keen to discuss those with a wider audience and and see what people think that that was very noble and quite I know, deep thank you i feel like it sounded like i was accepting <laughs> some kind of award so it's episode one but i take myself very seriously <laughs> no but i mean yeah basically we wanted to bring the conversation that we're having to a broader audience hopefully you guys enjoy our chat in terms of like how you can find us we are on instagram mm-hmm. uh, kind of Yes, we're we're launching Instagram. We're launching. Everything is launching. Yeah. Everything's launching. This is this is like that picture that you see of Amazon when it first started out, you know, where they've got Amazon spray painted on the wall and Jeff is just sitting at a, a desk by himself. You you are here at the grassroots level. <laughs> at the very beginning. <laughs> no, but I like that Amazon example. Mm-hmm. You've got big dreams. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm hoping to be worth 167 billion in the next 20 or so years. Yes. So is my husband. <laughs> uh, exactly. So, so thanks for joining us. Start from the bottom. Mm. Uh, soon we're going to be Jeff Bezos. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess with that in mind, you know, like the structure that you referred to. I mean, what structure did I refer to? You said, well, what's kind of going to be the forum here? What's the... Okay, yeah. Well, basically, I mean, that's clear, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and since it is our first podcast, you know, we're keen to kind of grow a community and kind of build our podcast around that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't have anything set in stone right now. Yeah. This is the discovery phase. Yes. Um, Great way of putting it. Yeah. So i.e. we don't know what we're doing (laughs) but yeah i mean it's early days and we're super chill and you know if you have feedback for us please contact us we're going to have all that info available on the description of the podcast but we would love to hear from you i guess it'll be good for us to sort of say how we met yeah how do we know each other you know that thing that they make you do in job interviews where it's like two truths and a lie and i always think oh god i'm not what kind of job interview? Uh, do you know what? I have to be honest. It was for Tells Topshop. Tells you to do two... Tr- really? Oh my God. Yeah. It was for Topshop years ago. 
And it was so shocking because whatever I scrounged up, it was dire. But I ended up going before a girl who's two truths. So two truths and a lie. One of them was, oh, Lewis Hamilton's my cousin. And so everyone was obviously, oh, well, Lewis Hamilton definitely isn't your cousin. And she was like, no, actually, that was truth. And I was, <laughs> so needless to say, I did not get the job. They must have been like that beige Irish girl. <laughs> Nothing yeah. of interest to say whatsoever. Um, so did the other girl get the job? I assume Lewis so. Cousin? I mean, once you haven't gotten a job in a retail store, you can never go back to that store again. Yeah, You true. can't be, you, you wouldn't hire me, but here I am picking yeah. up some Jody jeans. Yeah, and I would definitely, I mean, I would definitely hire Lewis Hamilton's cousin. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, in fairness. <laughs> I'm going to deploy that the next time someone asks me. Because they can't prove it. I mean, yeah, 23 and me. Yeah, they can't prove it. Unless they're like, oh yeah, show us a picture. Like, I mean, you can't prove something like that. So <laughs> That's a strategy for anyone looking for a job in retail. Yeah, Topshop in particular, apparently. Which Topshop um, was that? Oh God, I don't even know if it's open anymore. It's when there was a, a small top shop open in Wood Green. Oh, right. Years, yeah, I mean, I was not ready for the heady rush of top shop in Oxford Street. They would yeah. have eaten me alive, I think. Cause and top shops going under. What? Allegedly. Allegedly. I can't imagine that's going to happen. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with uh, Sir Philip Green and I mean, they're losing money. Topshop is going But down. when you're a shady allegedly. character, you've got... I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to be And sued. also a shady character, allegedly. Yeah. Um, but when you are a bit of a shady character, you've definitely got friends in high, high places. Yeah, but I mean... You know that Chloe Green, you know his daughter, ended up, you know, with... What was it they called him? Hot Felon yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And now they've split they up as well. They have a baby. Yes. He... Oh, they split up. Yeah. Oh, not not, not <laughs> surprised. Seen it coming. Yeah, not not surprised um, at all. Yeah, but anyway, to bring us back to reality, you were saying how we met, who we are. So, do you want to go first on that? Well, I didn't say who I am. Or, no, but how we met. How how we met is at work. <laughs> yeah, but for those of us who don't know who we are, you know what I mean. You might have audience members who don't who don't quite know who Juliet is. You're like not feeling it. <laughs> who okay. are you? Well, I'm Phoebe. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us. And yeah, no, actually, when you put me on the spot, I can see how that's that's not really, awkward. It's it's you will discover who we are. Um, yeah. you know, and I assume that the people listening to the first episode are family and that friends. That is actually true. Right. Yeah. I We've don't. not done so well that people are just scrolling past and thought, Don't know who those girls are, but I've gotta hear what they have to Absolutely, say. Absolutely, exactly. Um, no, that's fair. Well, Juliet and I met a couple of years ago when we were both working for the same company. We met at our Christmas party, I think officially. Although we've been doing that thing where we kept seeing each other in the toilets and being like, hi, I like your dress. Oh, yeah. Do you like your lipstick? But as I discovered, I think at your your bachelorette, when everyone was telling the, oh, how do I know Juliet stories? You do accrue people that you kind of decide that you want to be friends with. Yeah, but it's so funny because, I mean, if I like someone, I'll definitely proactively, you know, try to be their friend. Mm. But apparently people don't do this. No, I mean, I can only speak for myself, really, but I will definitely just, you know, 
gear myself up to follow them on Instagram and then be like, oh, yeah, well, I reacted to her story. So I think that she knows. No, um, yeah. I mean, if I like someone, I'm going to be like, I like you. I think you're cool. Let's be friends. And essentially, I think that's pretty how much in we those became friends. Words. Yeah, I think that's how we yeah. became friends. We, we need to be friends, I think. Oh, no, you said we need to hang out. Yeah. And I was thinking this place hasn't crushed her spirit yet (laughs) no but yeah that was it and I feel as though it's been a long time in the in the making because we've been talking about doing a podcast for months at this stage yeah and I think as well now that we both no longer work for that company it becomes one of those things where oh what a what a handy way to see you exactly this is super convenient because we used to see each other every day so please tune in you guys because otherwise <laughs> otherwise we're not going to be hanging out so yeah definitely a good excuse to hang out but it's funny because we did used to see each other every day mm. i would come in i would put my bags down and i would go and have a tea with phoebe and like catch up mm-hmm. and that was like my daily routine and then she left and it was really heartbreaking for me no i was traumatized <laughs> no but also do you know what tea culture is something that does not necessarily exist in every workspace mm. you know people would be like oh do you want to grab a coffee but i want to get a cup of tea and i want to sit down i'm it must be the irish in me just constantly wanting to to have a brew and a big old chat yeah and you had this really like posh teapot i did that was from my mother-in-law what do you so. call that type of teapot Oh, it's one of the ones where, you know, you put the loose herbal tea. I feel like a decanter is a bit more whiskey, sherry vibe. So what's the name of when you're diffusing the tea? I I honestly don't know. I would probably <laughs> I would probably go with what you first just said there, where you know call it. So you got your Not teapot sure. and your posh teapot. Okay, so that was definitely get, a posh get teapot. Get the posh teapot out. Yeah, we'll leave it at that because you, you did have this posh teapot. Um, <laughs> So that's how we met. And, you know, I I just feel like we're at similar places in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's great to have a podcast where you can kind of just chew on the fat and sort of just kind of explore some of the things we're experiencing with other people, hopefully. So that's why we decided to have this podcast. And Phoebe's also quite woke. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was hoping you were going to say that, but I didn't want to ask you to. Phoebe's Phoebe's quite woke, (laughs) quite progressive. And, you know, I'm, some might say I'm quite woke and progressive as well. So I think that helped us bond. You are, absolutely. So yeah, so, you know, that's basically us and like how we know each other. In terms of today's podcast, it's going to be a bit. I think that, I mean, you've had a lot going on recently. One thing in particular you just got married. Woo! So, Secured the bag. <laughs> I secured it. I secured the bag. I secured um, it. Honestly, one of the most stunning weddings I've ever been to. I actually have not been to that many weddings, but yeah. that aside. Oh, you have The most incredible wedding in Paris. Yeah, no. No, I, I've I... actually been to two weddings this year, mm. yours and one of my best friends, which I feel... That's a lot. You've been to two, two in one year. Yeah, but are those I think, the two I think ever? that those might be, I'm worried as I've said that, that someone's going to message me, hey, can't believe you didn't remember that actually you came to my wedding. So two memorable weddings. Two memorable weddings. And so my wedding was top two. Top two, so absolutely. That, that, that's awesome. I can't even go into it, but like, I'm just so happy. Yeah. So happy. And I just think, thank you so much. And I just, you know, sometimes you feel bad, like being happy. Mm. I feel so marriage is I, a difficult one. Marriage is a difficult one? As in, you know, sometimes marriage is a difficult one to be overtly happy about because you do get a lot of guilt that goes with that, if that makes sense. I mean, that's a very superficial 
sentence mm. but it's not as straightforward as oh just congratulations thank you i'm really happy you almost feel that you have to justify it does that make sense i think for me it's not really guilt mm -hmm. because yeah i just don't have that i don't have any guilt but i do have the uh, foreboding joy are you familiar with that phrase is that kind of like when something's going well in these senders and you think oh god someone's going to you think something bad's gonna yes, happen yeah, so yeah, it's when yeah. things are going so well and that you think oh my gosh what's what could go wrong because i'm so happy mm. like i'm so 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 happy i'm so so blessed <laughs> I, I love it and you know and i just have a great husband my boo my boo my boo <laughs> so yeah so i'm just so happy that you know i just have this feeling of like oh my gosh you know waiting for the other oh, shoe to drop yeah you know phrase? what what's around the corner which is not a you know it, it's it's not something i never used to have foreboding joy oh really and it was brene brown Mm. And so for those of you who don't know, Brené Brown is an author. I think by profession, she's a psychologist and she's got this amazing book called Daring Greatly. She's also got this TED talk on vulnerability that's incredibly popular. And in her book, Daring Greatly, she talks about foreboding joy. Um, most people have foreboding joy, but people that mm. can actually live wholeheartedly and like really embrace life don't have foreboding joy. Oh, really? Yeah. And I never used to have foreboding joy. Like if things were going good, I would just be like rolling in the goodness. Yes. But I think, you know, like when you're, when you turn 30 and maybe for some people a little bit early or maybe some people have had it all their life, I'm just a lot more sensitive to like what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I do in the back of my mind have this like foreboding joy, but I'm trying to suppress that because it's not logical. So does Brene Brown say that that's something that you can unlearn? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I think that once you're aware of something, that's mm -hmm. really the first step. And yeah, sort of you true. have to like manage that because foreboding joy is fear. Right. Right. And, and so, also it robs you of the joy in that moment. Not exactly. only does it, it's probably kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, where you kind of will something into existence. Mm. You're so sure something bad is going to happen that you're thinking, well, that's it. That was the bad thing. But it also mm. stops you from enjoying the the joy that is actually real and in front of you in that moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've noticed that. And it's not just marriage. You know, a lot of things have gone so well for me recently. Mm -hmm. Humble brag. feeling. <laughs> <laughs> humble, humble brag. A not so humble brag. But yeah, so things have been going very well. But I've been working very hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed to have the husband that I have. And I feel like he is the catalyst for a lot of growth I've had mm -hmm. in my life. And we had a great wedding. Oh my God. Cheers to us. Yeah. Chin chin. <laughs> chin chin to us. Such a good wedding. Yeah. I also got to wear the most incredible headpiece. So I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you um. did. You looked really great. <laughs> you looked great. I use that as an icebreaker. I'm like, do you want to see a picture of a headpiece that I wore to a wedding recently? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did love that headpiece. You should shout her out. What's oh, her Instagram? Fumbelinas. But fum, so it's F-U-M-B-A-L-I-N-A-S. It's one of those things where she 100% does not need me to shout her out. Oh, but okay. As in, she's got an incredibly loyal following. But she was incredible. And I do have to say, just the most outstanding headpieces. That was one of my, my husband's best friends had worn a headpiece of hers to a wedding. And I thought, my God, I love it. It's just so over the top, like a tower of flowers. And... I, when I showed it to my husband, he was like, oh, you'll get, you know, you could wear that again. And I said, yeah, but I won't. I'll just get, <laughs> I'll get another one made next time because I've enjoyed this process so much. So what do you do with the one that you wore? 
I don't know. I feel like I might be that kind of person that just gets, you know, one of those those head things, one of the head models okay. that you put your hats yeah. on. Maybe I'll just have a room full of head full of those? pieces. Yeah. I think you should definitely wear it again. And you probably will, but like down the line. Do you yes, know what I mean? Like yeah, in a couple yeah. of well, years, I mean, there'll be another event. Sustainable fashion. Yeah, absolutely. I think you should wear it. I think it needs to be worn again. Um, I <laughs> it definitely deserves love, to be soon. I definitely love that, that headpiece. In terms of... I mean, one of the topics we wanted to discuss, because we are both newlyweds, mm-hmm. you're one year in. Yes, congratulations! Almost. Thank you very much. And, and yeah, and weddings are, weddings are amazing. And marriage, I mean, for me so far, six weeks in is fabulous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All I can say is six weeks in, best thing I've ever done. Yeah, so, so good. <laughs> but let's talk about, you know, some of the, the drama and trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that some some of us experience. I mean, with weddings for sure. I I will say as a, a couch on that, I did not have a big wedding. My husband and I had a very small wedding in Islington in November of last year. So there was about twenty, there was twenty four of us in total, including myself and my husband. And it's funny you talk about foreboding joy. So many things went wrong in the kind of lead up to us <laughs> getting married that part of me was thinking oh my gosh these are all omens but also it was it put the wedding day itself into such sharp relief um my husband's grandfather died then my grandmother died then our boiler exploded (laughs) and we had no heating and no hot water and our kitchen ceiling kind of caved in and so with all of those things are going on you know you're almost just kind of like laughing while it's happening she's thinking i mean I, i wasn't laughing to be clear i was actually sobbing but you think well, you know what? This is, th- that's life, I guess. That's showbiz, baby. But did you um, think like, oh, that's a sign? Oh, yeah, no, I fully, actually at one point when the boiler burst, I fully was like, oh, do you think it's our our grandparents trying to tell us something? And my husband is just, he's the best thing ever, but he's so pragmatic. He he just said, no, I, I don't think that's probably it, actually. I think it's just <laughs> probably, the, probably the boiler. I was going, okay, yeah, no, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma really liked you, <laughs> but I think when you're hosting a party as you were, that opens a whole other universe of stress and kind of, I guess, considerations as much as anything else. I don't think so. I think your smaller wedding sounds more stressful than my big wedding because it wasn't like we didn't have stress in terms of the main wedding event Mm -hmm. we didn't really have stress with that you know we kind of like i suppose we got engaged in december we got married in august it was like a project it was like go 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 i mean we did have a smaller registry yes and we had 10 guests and Mm -hmm. you know that's more stressful because it's very, very intimate. And you're just like, oh, I hope that family member behaves. Oh, I hope that goes <laughs> well. So I didn't really have like major stress. I think one thing that you hear so much about is brides saying, and brides more often than grooms, although I know that's a generalization on my part, but almost saying, I, I didn't have time. I was so worried about everybody else enjoying themselves. I really didn't have a second to catch my breath. And kind of with, with that in mind, you're not that you don't enjoy the day, but it's certainly not the day that you've built it up to be in your head. You don't have as much fun as your 
as guests. everybody else's. Yeah, you don't. But when you're hosting, you don't have as much fun. Yeah, as that is the true for that all are The guests, that's just normal. And definitely for us, like we didn't have as much fun as our guests. Our guests were getting turned up in Paris. Like yeah. they were having like the best time, and we definitely had a, a great time. But it's like you're on duty, you know. So you've got to take all these pictures. You've got to do all these yeah. different things, and you're trying to run through your schedule. Um, so we definitely had that. We didn't have as much fun as you know, when I've been a guest at a wedding and it's just like you're just yeah, of course, completely you just free. show up. You eat your free meal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, there was that, but it wasn't... For me, it's not really like the wedding itself. I just think that when you're getting married, it's a, it's a next step, it's a next chapter. Mm-hmm. And so when you're putting so much effort into like having a, a wedding celebration, then you invite people that you consider yourself really close to and then they just don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, where course. things can get a bit stressful. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's tough because, I mean, and just to be clear for anyone listening, that's not to say that marriage is the be all and end all. We're obviously not being those people who, are, and then my life began because they got a husband oh no i mean we don't care about that i think what yeah. is interesting is that it's a it's a time in your life where there's a lot of change right and some people get married and they just live as separate individuals and just continue mm-hmm. to like live their life right but typically if you get married your priorities do change mm-hmm. and then that means that your other relationships change your relationship with your family should change if you're going mm-hmm. into a healthy yeah relationship and your relationship with your friends will change I think and it's so true. much change that it's like difficult for people to deal with. I I agree. I think that there's a conversation to be had there almost about boundaries and what people maybe have accepted as the norm up until a certain point and you know there's that saying that friends are the family that you choose for yourself and it's the same with uh, a partner that that is an independent family that you have decided to create for yourself and then what does that what does that look like to you but also what does that mean to other people around you so you know in a broader sense if it's the case that you have an estranged relationship with your family for want of a better example and you decide that you're going to spend Christmas with friends this year what does that then look like when your family realize that you aren't going to be there or in the context of marriage what does it look like when now you and your husband are the family in your mind and while you have a family and he has a family, the family that you've created together is the the priority for want of a better word. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying that once you get married, your partner, or I think if you're in any committed relationship, your partner becomes your priority. I think that that's the ideal. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Do you know what I mean? Some people find it harder to redefine those boundaries than others. And so, and then anyone some... that doesn't like understand, like, yeah, you know, because I've got friends that kind of like make fun of me a bit, like, oh, I bet you're spending your weekend with your boo. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Who else am I meant to be spending my weekend with? <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't invite you because I assumed you were with your boo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all a bit weird. Like, mm-hmm. it's, and, you know, you can tell that they're kind of like taking shots at you. Like, yeah, I guess my boundary is I have set time that I'm I'm giving to my relationship. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
I've still got time to hang out with my friends and hang out with other people that I care about but I definitely have to invest time into my relationship and if someone doesn't somebody finds that amusing then like yeah we can't be friends and but I think that that extends as well into the the time that you would invest in other things it's not necessarily easy to find that time in a broader sense that it becomes one of those things where case in point we've been as I said talking about this podcast for months and it's about finding a time because it's oh well I've actually got this coming up and then I'm doing this I'm actually getting married in Paris you know that those things where the prioritization is not necessarily easy to juggle so how have you found juggling things or like reprioritizing things Mm, I don't know I feel as though when Charles and I talk about this that we're very like well actually has life changed that much and it probably hasn't we got a cat just after we got married we keep we always joke that the cat was probably a bigger life adjustment for us than getting married because we've just continued living as we always had yeah but you Um, have in-laws now yeah you have to do things together like life things together like yes budgets and and it's i think that because i'm estate planning yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's one of those things where i'm i'm very romantic in in nature but also i am so pragmatic that for me there was something really lovely about yes getting married and and us be making that pledge you know we're going to spend our lives together but also just the the realities of the situation the minutiae of things you know we're going to open a joint account <laughs> which is so boring but I just think that that's a a really lovely kind of grounding thing it's Mm. a very it's a very tangible you are my person kind of thing and yeah I think that there's been difficulties maybe at points in terms of navigating what that new family dynamic looks like and you know I know I think it's Dieter Von Teese who says you know you could be the ripest juiciest peach in the world and some people still aren't going to like peaches and I think there was an element of that with various people who are maybe unhappy with our new family dynamic <laughs> okay That's, i can't understand i know what you're i'm trying, trying to, to be say. so diplomatic i don't understand um, what you're trying to but say. there were there were elements we had a really kind of short engagement we got engaged and then we got married quite quickly afterwards and it transpired that there were you know people on my husband's side of the family who didn't like that and you know kind of cast aspersions off the back of that and it's really hard to then sometimes separate that out and just say you know what I'm just going to I'm just gonna live my life I know that we're happy I know that we're secure that wasn't nice to hear but in the same way coming back to what you're saying about prioritizing what you've chosen to make your family I know he doesn't think that I know I don't think that and then hopefully some of it can start to roll off your back (laughs) So, but, but how do you actually manage that in in real terms? I, I'm know. very blessed because my in-laws are lit. Mm. <laughs> my in-laws are very lit. And they're just large, and they so really I, embrace me. So obviously, not to brag. No, yeah, <laughs> not to rub salt in your wound. No, to be clear, no. But you the know, thing this is, wasn't... we're doing a podcast because we want to share, and yes. you know, and I and I think what you're saying is really, really important, right? Because there are other things I've had to adjust to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is something. This is an adjustment, and also it's a, a personal critique that maybe you're not necessarily always expecting, and you know, you've you've lived your life a certain way, and that by and large, your your relationships have been very positive. I want to be clear that you know, it's, I my husband has the loveliest family he's got a big family and they're they're super great but there were a couple of people who made clear perhaps their dislike of me and it's tough because 
there's no definitive right way to deal with that. And my reaction was to be incredibly hurt by it. So when you say, you know, how did you overcome that? I don't know that it's been kind of put to bed because obviously those wounds run deeper, probably for me more than for them. You know, they just live their life they they've said it they thought it they said it they'll move on from it yeah but that's normal when you know yes, when you absolutely. say something you don't remember yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be you'll absolutely. be like no i did like me no doesn't sound like me <laughs> yeah i don't use those words yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you hear something you know like that it's definitely hurtful and i think as well you you hear something like that and this again pertains to so many things i'm using a a specific example of of when it's happened to me here but you know when you you have something like that you find out someone maybe doesn't like you that much and i was listening to a podcast recently where a similar thing kind of transpired they were saying oh i thought that we had gotten on really well from the very beginning and the other person was like oh i did find you a little bit annoying and i think what it comes down to is a sense of what is it that hurt is a secondary emotion and if you can find out what actually caused the hurt embarrassment for me is Mm. is sometimes what i feel in those instances where so what what's the trigger i think what's the you know that i i can't so is it like shame or like embarrassment yeah i think the embarrassment for me is you can identify the underlying emotion because you're thinking oh i was really going into this and this again pertains to any kind of situation where i find where something like this has happened but you think oh i was being really nice to you it was I thought that we were I thought that we were really getting on and that whole time actually you perhaps didn't like me what does that what does that look like how do you make peace with that because it's very easy to to kind of pay lip service to I don't care because I love myself but actually the reality the manifestations of that are much harder because you think oh gosh you know um do I, is that an annoying thing that I do? Am mm. I am I like this? Am I like that? And, you know, we were saying earlier on, being at a party recently, and I was speaking to someone and they said, well, of course you think that, you're hammered. And, <laughs> and I wasn't. But all I could think was, oh my God, I'm hammered. This is so embarrassing. Yeah. Has everyone been thinking that? <laughs> yeah, and- that's true. You know, obviously if you're at a party and someone someone says something weird or like unnecessary you can have that emotional reaction but then you can put it put it to the side Mm -hmm. but when it's coming from inside the house yeah when it's coming from inside (laughs) the house or it it, you know it's coming from you know your in-laws definitely not fun no and uh, you know but very normal like yes that's why you know it's so funny people always paint this picture oh yeah my best friend Mm mm-hmm you know, but there's so much going on behind the scenes. No, it is. You know, it's very true. It was, you have, you've got to dig deep, dig deep. But also <laughs> it comes back to what you said about boundaries. You know, you're, you're creating this whole, you're not going to fit into somebody else's hierarchy. You're not going to fit into somebody else's friend dynamic or a familial dynamic because you didn't grow up with it. So ultimately a whole new dynamic needs to be created. And it's the same when you start a new job and everyone maybe was well, this is what they always did for lunch before, but now you don't want to do that. Like, well, unfortunately, the dynamic has to change and that's the point of dynamics mm. and maybe not of hierarchies because they're maybe a little bit more stuffy, but yeah. they should be amenable to change because otherwise, what, you know, 
it it happened organically that at a certain point the relationship or it should happen organically mm. that at a certain point in your relationship say with your parents you are a peer and that if you say something that they take you seriously you know i'm gonna spend the rest of my life saying to my mum, well would it be okay if i had a glass of wine yeah you know no of course though and those things have to have to show that they're able to mutate ideally always for the better obviously relationships as a whole take work to ensure that it is in a positive way that they're changing mm. yeah it's not there's no kind of easy answer for it and then i just decided to love myself <laughs> who are you who are you doing an impression of who is that i don't that know I, I, I feel no do you know what and that that's a a barb and it doesn't need to be but i feel like sometimes you know how social media makes such a positive move to instagram for example shutting down all of those those scam accounts where it's like if you drink this tea you're gonna mm. lose a stone and you get really kind of meaningful influencers who are talking about body positivity and the realities of whatever having children or being plus size or whatever the case may be but some of it sometimes feels so convenient i just decided i don't believe in diet culture anymore and you're thinking what is th was it that easy like no it was yeah yeah, and, um, and so Lizzo did a really interesting post about this like a few weeks ago where she was saying, like, obviously Lizzo is plus size. She did a post where she was talking about like self-love forward slash like self-loathing. And she was like, listen, you know, it's taken me like 10 years mm -hmm. on my journey to kind of get to where I am. And I'm still not 100% there because everything around you is telling you to hate yourself. And so yeah that's why i really appreciate people like her because she's definitely making every effort to like live her best life and she's such a gift but she's not here saying oh my gosh it happened overnight she's actually saying to you this is daily work yes and that's for the thing. sure it, it really is and you think that even if you haven't even if you've got a good head on your shoulders and you think you haven't absorbed those messages unless you are incredibly lucky you probably have you know and it's no everybody has to a certain extent everybody has mm -hmm. but it's just sort of how much have you absorbed yeah absolutely that message and i think it's interesting you know there's this thing about intuitive eating at the moment and that some people say it's great and some people say it's terrible but i was talking to one of my friends about this recently and you may may agree or disagree on this but basically the the argument that's been put forward for intuitive eating is that even though it seems so obvious it seems so straightforward a lot of us will have grown up with mums who were on the atkins diet or on the 5-2 diet or whatever the case may be diet culture was so prevalent when we were growing up that that existed as a backdrop for a lot of our movement into adulthood and so as a result of that there's a lot of binge purge mentality that seems normal to us and things like intuitive eating are foreign because you think oh my god I ate so much last night I'm not going to eat until lunchtime today or oh my god I, I know I'm having pizza for dinner so I'm just going to skip lunch altogether or whatever the case may be and actually that the idea of just eating when you're hungry or eating what you crave seems crazy because it's not healthy to just eat what you crave 
It probably isn't, but then it, it, it depends. Like past a certain, it point. depends on what you crave. Yes, it's of not, course. Like if it's a oh craving, it's usually sugar or salt, and it's not healthy. I don't know. I I would often be. I would. Often Are you think, craving for vegetables? Are you craving for asparagus? Do you know what I get the? I would get such a craving for iceberg lettuce, which has to be the like the beigeous thing. That for. is. That is not what people are usually craving yeah, for. Yeah, no, it's Because true. lettuce doesn't give you a craving, if you know what I mean. Yes. Like salt and fat and sugar gives and a listen, craving. I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm not going to be yeah. like, just listen to your body. Who cares if you had rickets? But it's one of those things where it's interesting to consider that actually, even if you think that you have a healthy attitude to food, how much of that is that you're being so good Lizzo, during the week? Did Lizzo make you think about food? Did what when you said Lizzo just there or <laughs> yeah. no when you when when you talk about loving yourself like the yeah. link there between learning that every day and loving what your body looks like uh, as opposed to pu- always putting off loving yourself until you have whatever lost a certain amount of weight yeah, or that's, done that's something. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know enough about intuitive eating to kind of comment on that. I just think that people should not be judged. Like, I feel judged. Like, I went for lunch today and then I ordered the pork belly and I felt I was judged. <laughs> yeah, everyone's going for their salmon pokey no. and their tofu. And then I was thinking, oh, maybe I should go for the tofu. And then I was like, I'm going to go for the pork belly. Oh, gosh, and then I'm it was so like jealous. judgment, right? I just had a sandwich and from let pet. people just do what they want to do. But do you know what I will say? in call out culture cancel culture we started talking about self-love you talked specifically about lizzo there and you know her working hard to love herself every day and i then made that about weight and that is they're not the same thing at all loving mm. yourself has nothing to do with weight i i use well it has a lot as a woman a lot because we are it. so concerned with our body image as a woman it has a lot to do with weight weight no, is like the sure. starting point but but what i mean is that I made that about something that self-love doesn't necessarily need it shouldn't to be, be about. It shouldn't be about that. You know, yeah. and and I sometimes find the conversations about women's bodies, and again, this is very much so um, my own personal opinion, but you know, when you see things, for example, about stretch marks, it's like, they're not stretch marks, they're my tiger stripes. And sometimes you think, oh, <laughs> they're stretch they're, marks. They're stretch mar- <laughs> Why aren't they allowed to be stretch marks? Yeah. Why can't they just be stretch marks on a woman's body? So what, what? I think we're looking at different advertising. Oh, well, possibly, right, so like where, as a so, Caucasian right, woman, okay. I'm probably like Instagram tiger stripes. I've, yeah the, i've never heard that before thing, the body positivity accounts would have, and again if that makes you feel better about your stretch marks that's absolutely fine i'm not i don't to follow kind of, a lot of body positivity um, accounts i follow i way yes by um is it jamila is it or jamila I, I jamila. jamila i don't know i don't What's know her name jamil 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 she's a baddie i really like yeah. her so intelligent so she's amazing so i follow i weigh on instagram that is really good um but then sometimes i'm a bit like i i think the challenge i have is that yes i'm all for body positivity but like there is healthy and there's like not healthy right and i think the challenge that we have is that when people are like skinny and like taking coke and like not eating and like clearly unhealthy mm-hmm. no one ever sort of challenges them and says eat some lettuce yes. right mm-hmm. drink some water take care you of yourself you need a juice yeah, no one says anything to them. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 you know, I want like a health focused message. But I guess the the point is with that, that you don't know what 
healthy. But you you don't know what healthy looks like. Exactly. You, you could don't know be, what healthy looks yeah, like. Yeah, you could weigh so if you whatever know that you're and healthy be healthy. And you know that you're doing well, then that that is the answer. Yeah, that's my, my only concern. I, no, for sure. And it becomes one of those things that you can get like a, a number f- fixated in your head where you're kind of going oh yeah I'm gonna lose I'm gonna get back to that weight I'm still keeping clothes I'm like oh yeah when I lose this uh, these couple of pounds that I've put on you haven't put on a couple of pounds you now just weigh extra pounds it's Mm. been enough time that your body was just growing up you know I'm keeping clothes from when I was 21 can't wait to wear that denim dress again (laughs) you are not going to phoebe not gonna happen let somebody else have that dress yeah and that it can become far too much of a putting self-love off until you think you deserve it and i guess the the point is you're always deserving of it and amen amen girl (laughs) honestly no but i mean this is something that we all battle with like Mm -hmm. i'm you know i've being kind of roughly ish the same size mm-hmm. for like most of my life you know but i have a digital scale at home oh do you like i've yeah got it you're, locked you're, down you're aware i got it locked down you know i'm not out here intuitively eating and just doing what i want <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm like i see my bo- i know my body fat like right yes i do yes I'm very blessed. I'm from a very healthy family on both sides. Yeah. You know, kind of no cancer prevalence, no heart disease prevalence, yeah. nothing like that. And so I feel like my sisters and I are very like, well, cheers, because <laughs> we know, okay, no, so... but that's a huge privilege. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, and so... You can me, do everything right and still, obviously, God forbid, have something terrible happen. But I feel as though I'm not one of those people who's... I'm probably not intuitively eating either, but... Um, no, but on the weekend, I'm intuitively eating. Like, I'm doing whatever the hell I want. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm going in. But yeah, but I'm saying that I'm somebody who... It doesn't take up a- an over amount of space in your mind. Well, I think it takes up an average space in my mind yeah. because I have a digital scale. Yeah, Like, yeah, I yeah. know how much I weigh. Well, you know... I know what my body fat percentage is. I don't focus on weight. I mainly focus on body fat and just trying to stay at a kind of an athletic level. level. You know that Zadie Smith won't let her daughter spend more than 30 minutes in front of the mirror because she says your brother won't do it, so why should you? Yeah. And I just think that that, I, I admire, I mean, I remember when she initially came out with that quote that a couple of people were saying, well, it's easy for her to say that because you gorgeous yeah and that it is, is true easy that, for her to say that but and and there's a certain amount of privilege that comes with the fact that she is so beautiful that yeah. she's able to say that but she does make a really good point your brother is not going to spend an hour every not morning true, not true do you not men think? or boys are increasingly under similar body image pressure oh no that is, sorry i in terms clear, of like I getting do... ready, it takes a girl longer yes, to get ready. Because a girl and if that's will also her wear choice, makeup. Let and her do like her that. thing. Yeah. I, I don't I like agree. this thing of now, like, oh, yeah, don't look in the mirror. Your brother's not going to do it. Nothing to do with me. If I want to look in the mirror for two hours, <laughs> that's my yes. that's my, my right. Absolutely. We're, we're but... going to the extreme now where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, why should you do that? Boys don't do that. It's like, I'm going to do what I want. No, absolutely. But, and again, to be clear, I love makeup, I love skincare and all of that. But it is an interesting idea to discuss that, again, you are captive to uh, a market that benefits from you thinking, well, I need to get eyelash extensions, I need to get my eyebrows done, I need to get, 
you know, a new thing, a foundation or da 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 And these things are the things that make me look professional because by and large, I'm not saying that men don't have to dress well. I'm not saying that men don't have yeah, to be Yeah, but men groomed. spend a lot less. Yeah, men spend a lot less. And and that those are interesting ideas to, to take into consideration because there are very few women I know now at the age that I am who truly don't wear any makeup. Even my mum, who's one of the most beautiful women I know, who has the most amazing skin, still puts on mascara every morning and wouldn't feel ready without mascara. And so, I mean, you know. Uh, I mean, you go to France, they don't, they don't wear makeup. Yeah, well, they'll be still like a red lip. Trust me, they're just walking around anyhow. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, but, it's, I mean, know. it's a cultural thing. So, you know, London, people do dress up, but they don't really wear makeup in Sweden. Mm. I don't remember seeing much makeup. Yeah, but I guess... It's cultural. It's country to country. I just think that there should just be a space for people to have the choice to do what they want, right? I totally agree. If somebody wants to put on makeup for five hours in the morning, let them. If somebody Mm -hmm. doesn't want to, let them. But how much of that is dictated? You know, you've got people like um, Jonathan Van Ness now who really kind of pushes the envelope in terms of dressing how he wants to dress, looking how... You know, they want to look in terms of what they do with their hair and their, their makeup and things like that. There's another fantastic person on instagram called patagonia so p-a-t-t-i-e-g-o-n-i-a who's so interesting again is very exploratory exploratory explorative exploratory Perhaps. i don't know yeah <laughs> um, i think in terms of what what they dress and they again are a, a drag queen and you know are just more adventurous in, in what they how they look to represent themselves so absolutely I agree I don't if this isn't me saying you know well women shouldn't wear you should look the way that God intended you to look <laughs> as someone who contours their nose every day <laughs> do you oh my god is that not your nose <laughs> this isn't even my nose Julia <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> What? When Kylie Jenner started overlining her lips, and I was just thinking, I mean, just before she got the lip injections, when what she do you mean was by actually, overlining, you know, when she, well, so when she would she, do her lip line but bigger. Yes, exactly. Okay. So funny. So I have can... a serious beef with like all these lip injections and all that stuff. Yeah, I well, really, I, mean... I really just don't think it's a vibe. Really? Why would I be into that? Well, no, I know, <laughs> but but again, that when you talk about letting people have their own space to represent themselves of course do, do if that's that what that you that want to do into... do you like for sure like i'm not mm-hmm. gonna not i'm not gonna stop you from doing your lip injections but i think that everyone's got the same lip now yeah yeah, yeah. so something yeah, has happened mean? where they're just doing it and they have like the same lip and like mm-hmm. there's certain lips that you can do like certain lips have like some space and certain lips are so small yes yeah that when you start pumping them well, with again you talk about it being a cultural they don't look thing good. there are some places in eastern asia where they do lip reduction surgery again oh, really? my explore page on instagram is so skewed because yeah. i fall down a rabbit hole so quickly yeah. but for a while i had pages on pages of people who were getting the lip reduction surgery yeah in... but in asia they aspire to eurocentric and isn't that so form funny? of beauty the eurocentric idea and... of beauty now is Big old lips, baby. Yeah, because it's uh, black culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what else to say. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't know where those big lips came from. But Yeah. Uh, I, was thinking, I think Cherry it, picks. I think it came from Africa. 
No, but with Asians, my mm-hmm. understanding of East Asian culture is they, and I mean, it's global, but like they are aspiring to like Euro, Eurocentric forms of beauty. That's why mm-hmm. they do the eyelid surgery. Yes. And yeah, then yeah. like, but their lips are already not large. So I don't know why they would reduce isn't, them. Isn't that, I find it so fascinating. I would like, love to know about this. I'm going to look into it. Honestly. It's interesting. I, I don't know why, but I am so fascinated with like the very extreme forms of surgery, the cat eye surgery that you can get in some parts of Turkey because some people are really looking for almost a a comic book look where they give themselves elf ears or wolverine ears or things like that. And it's incredible to me. I'm thinking, wow, imagine living your life. Just A friend of mine was working in Margate and she said they have a lot of non-surgical procedures down there what does that mean <laughs> like a lot of like fillers a oh lot god of... sorry the way you said it i was like oh my goodness this is so ominous but i must know more <laughs> a, a lot of non-surgical <laughs> procedures a lot of oh, butt injections and yes all kinds of but stuff. then oh my god again if you're from market get in touch with me i'm interested <laughs> what is what is that but there are probably really good pockets of of places that you know, do certain things really well because there's a, a call for it there, if that makes sense. Mm, I don't, apparently they're not doing it well. They're well, just I suppose it. if you want an extreme look, you know, we again, it comes back to what, what's you know your what? personal what you aesthetic? want, I think for me, from an aesthetic perspective, I think what's ideal mm-hmm. is when you do what you need to do, but like people can't tell yeah. what you've done. Mm-hmm. So you just do what you do. You have a good... And people are just like, oh my God, she's a so A good aesthetic, you know, whatever aesthetics person that you go mm-hmm. to. Because the thing is... A good surgeon, but people can't just look at you and just see the work. See straight away. Because I think what I'm always striving for, my husband's a very attractive man. Mm. And whenever people see a photo of my husband, they're always going, oh my... No, is that your husband? <laughs> is that what so people do? Honestly, it happened yesterday because he's my screensaver. <laughs> so I clicked on my phone and someone in my office went, I'm so sorry. Is that... <laughs> is that your husband and i went yeah no i, I mean he's a very good looking he's a good looking man okay oh my god it's incredible and i just think garen fucking teed excuse my language that is so funny that no one ever says to charles is that your wife i can't believe it i can't believe it and i'm just thinking what do i have to do? what level do i have to be on he's obviously genetically blessed he's a, as i said very good looking no man. but you're equal where i mean juliet I want him to think that we're equals. But again, the overt reaction that we're getting for people is not like, oh my goodness, Charles, how did you find it? You lucky thing. <laughs> it is literally people going, my God, his cheekbones are incredible. And I have to go, no, I know. That is so Don't say hilarious. it in front of him. So, that is so, so that's, hilarious. That's the level I'm trying to be on. That's so hilarious. I mean, he's, is he, it's genetic. He's it's blessed. genetic. Um, so I'm going to have to get those lip fillers. <laughs> no, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. I, I really don't. I think the challenge that you have is that if you earlier you start, the longer you continue. Mm. And it's, I mean, it's well, not really a vibe. The thing is, when you have a lot of work done, you end up looking not, it's not old in an actual old sense, but you look at Kylie Jenner. She doesn't look 22. And she certainly doesn't look... Okay you know, in her 40s or whatever. No, but, but she doesn't a, look good. She doesn't, she doesn't, she look, doesn't look good. Like when I look at, you know, it's like um, I was looking at my old passport picture, like when you're 17 and like 
you just gosh, look yeah. so fresh. Fresh. You look so fresh. You and know? you think, stop plucking your eyebrows, but you're still yeah, looking you look young. Look you look like, good. You're a like, child. And so, you know, obviously it's different when you're in Hollywood and. Yes, of course. You know, yeah. These cameras There's in no you. Like, I would, in... yeah, I would be incredibly stressed out. But, I mean, she's so young. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that I would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm in a position to recommend yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just it's just not it's just not something that I would recommend. I'm, but I'm, I do have a live and let live philosophy. Yes. Well, because I do think of. so few of these things. As long as you're not impact. infringing or encroaching on my boundaries, is encroaching the right word? Encroaching is the right word. As but long when as you not, say boundaries, you mean like live and let live, but don't get in my way. Okay. I, don't like breach. I thought you might mean more in like a fetishization. Sense I let's that... not even get into that. <laughs> Next week's episode, you guys. Let's not get into that. Um, no, but I really do believe. Like, do you? You know, no mm-hmm. one's got the answers. I don't have the answers. No, of course. But also, I do think that's partly probably because of living in a city. There's so much going on. There's so many people around. You don't have the energy to be involved in people's business because mm. there's too much going on. I I don't have time. I've got a lot to do. I right. still have the robots seen are coming. Two of my so I've, got, I've so. got a lot to do. Oh, I watched season two of that. Was that good? Yeah, very good. I mean, to be honest, I'm watching it. Very I'm, good. I feel as though okay, it's not so enough murder. we were meant to do this earlier, but if, yeah. I do just want to share what you're doing. A lot of I'm not doing a lot of murder, but there's a lot of murder going on for me right now. Mindhunter is very good. It's on Netflix. I'm yes. So I watched season, season two. Season two is very good. Sorry, I watched season one, and for me, there actually wasn't a lot of murder in it um season two is season actually is better than season one yeah. okay i've heard this from more than one person really enjoyed i'm it. also listening to my favorite murder on spotify so yeah. podcast wise so i feel as though it's a slippery slope that i'm on because then i do have moments where i'm at home by myself and I'm utterly petrified. And I'm thinking, why am I so scared? And I'm thinking, oh, actually, I've got a Wikipedia article open on the co-ed killer. And <laughs> Mindhunter's playing in the background. And on the speakers downstairs, I've got my favorite murder playing. So there's a lot of murder in my life right now. And that's okay, because it's spooky season, you guys. But also, I I feel like saying this I'm an old person recommending the internet to someone because I'm so late on it. But I just watched Fleabag. Did you have you seen Fleabag? No, no, I don't know this show. Okay, honestly, it is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. It's Who's on in BBC. That? Phoebe Waterbridge. Oh, the lady that just won the Emmy. Yes, and that she wrote Killing Eve as well. Did you watch Killing Eve? Um, I watched a few episodes. You weren't into it. I liked it for a few episodes, and then I just got bored. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love Sandra O. Oh, I think she's such a good Oh, actress. I really love her. I mean, uh, she... I love her and she's she did the Hollywood Roundtable. With... I don't know if you... Oh no, I don't know that yeah, I saw that. So if you guys just go on YouTube, Hollywood Roundtable is really interesting. They just bring a few actors, people in the industry, and then like they'll just discuss a specific topic. And so it was her and like a few other people. And she was just saying that, you know, as an Asian woman... People were talking about being harassed, right? Right. With sexually harassed within the industry. And then she was saying, you know, I didn't even look at myself or like even see myself as like an object of desire, that like that type wow. of thing. Yeah, because it's so Eurocentric. Yeah. I mean, I say that. Not I saying say that yet. you're not going to be harassed, but I think she was saying 
especially in terms of like roles, mm-hmm. like opportunities. Yeah. You know? Well, I did read that when she was sent the script for Killing Eve, that she, her agent called her and said, you know, what do you think? And she said, yeah, I love it, but you know what what role am i going for yeah. and that her agent said no they want you for the lead mm. and it hadn't even occurred to her that that was the position that they were kind of putting her forward for yeah i i loved killing eve now i really binged that but i loved fleabag um and i don't know if that's a very kind of it's very much so my humor but properly laugh out loud oh, funny really? and again it I wasn't feel- veep nominated I've not seen Veep, oh, Veep uh, but it was level. nominated, but it didn't win. I yeah, don't think. Yeah. Um. Is is Veep? Yeah. Good? Veep is really good. Okay. I really love Veep. That's I, one I mean, of those things. I'll that try I keep and watch an episode that. of Fleabag and see what's going on over see, there. See, the thing is, I hate saying I hate saying this because I'm counting on people to not do this with our podcast. But you know, when you've got to give something more than one episode and people are like oh turn it off halfway through it's not really my thing guys stick with us if you're listening to episode one now (laughs) please stick with us guys it's really early days all right please stick with us we're finding our feet (laughs) so if you can bear with fleabag for the first episode and go through to the second one i don't know i just thought that it was such a good piece of writing but also a great piece of acting and i feel as though sometimes you realize acting you see bad acting and you think oh god like it's so easy to act well and then you see good acting and you think jesus christ because you know who else is in fleabag is olivia coleman she was in the favorite did you see the the things i don't know all right let me move on let me move on okay all right we got it fleabag check it out check out fleabag (laughs) everybody else who's listening to this is like we did it in 2017 olivia coleman the queen yeah oh i love her yeah <laughs> i love her okay cool yeah and she's I'm waiting i'm she waiting is, for the queen she is such a dick oh in she's Fleabag. so epic she's so she's so I, epic wait when you say you're waiting for the queen queen you mean the New crown season. the crown sorry the crown ah, my I'm waiting. favorite thing yeah, i honestly cannot I'm waiting, wait for I'm waiting, it. I'm waiting i'm waiting i'm waiting um, i'm waiting right but please what are you watching what are you listening what are you i'm reading? not really watching anything yeah i mean i, I haven't found anything to watch but you need I, to find something good for winter yeah, I need to find something something to do for well to to get into um for winter. But I did go to Beirut two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was just so epic. Like the tourism board need to pay me because it's just such. You an actually have been talking about Beirut since you. I to yeah yeah I I just can't get over it. Like I had the absolute best best time. We did do a lot of tourist stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, if you're from Beirut, maybe you won't see it as that cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we had like the most phenomenal time we went for a friend's wedding and so that's probably one of the best experiences i've had this year outside of marrying the love of my life (laughs) you gotta gotta mention your husband jules yeah so that was epic and i went to the cotswold for the first time on the weekend so i've never been to the Cotswolds. oh my god let's go i would love to let's go that sounds fun this is your (laughs) let's go there this weekend Listen, this is your new space. I can feel it. I was living my best she's life. She's got her barber. She's got her hunters on and she is ready to Hello. go. On the way back, I was like, I need to get hunter boots now. Like this is <laughs> this is me now, right? Everyone's Where going is skiing. Her cap? I'm gonna be in freaking Cotswolds. Mm-hmm. Okay, with my fireplace, you know, with my right. champagne. Absolutely with my with my charcuterie board that I brought up from London. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> like next level um we went to a village called blockley 
Okay. Uh, it's a smaller village, a village that's a little bit larger, um, nearby, bigger. It's called Broadway. Okay. Um, did you drive? So did you get area. the train? So our friend drove us. Okay. Yeah. So we did like a little birthday weekend because it was my birthday and it was my friend's husband's birthday. So like a few of us went down mm-hmm. to the Cotswolds. And you sorry, know, not to be stupid vibe. here. Do you go down or up to the Cotswolds? Well, you go up. Okay. Because it's. I mean, I live in West London. Right. So you go past Oxford. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with so you. So you go towards like North London. You go to Oxford, yeah. and then okay. you you end up in the Cotswolds area. Really, really beautiful. Really nice people. Like just absolutely wicked vibes. Obviously, we were the only black folks in the village. <laughs> So all the cars were like, oh, look, you know, oh, who's that, who's that, who's that, who's that? Uh, Slowing so, down. Yeah, they were literally like slowing down, like looking at us. I think they thought we were celebrities. Oh my goodness. Right, because of course we were celebrities. I had no idea Naomi Campbell was that short. It's unbelievable. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, I think they thought we were celebrities. But yeah, so that's what I've been up to. And I just feel like I definitely have to go to the Cotswolds again. I definitely need to go to Beirut again. You um, have been reading a really good book. I've been reading a great book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. She's got a, a, a talk on TED, actually. Oh, really? But basically, this book is all about, it defines grit for you. And essentially, grit is resilience combined with being like goal-orientated, mm-hmm. right? So it's all about, you know, how can you actually build up your grit? And okay. then there's a chapter on how do you parent for grit, right? And then how do you build cultures? As in when you say parent for grit, you mean parent your child in a way that they also grow up with grit. Yeah, that they can okay. actually develop grit. First of all, you focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. And then how can you actually develop grit as an, on an individual level? Right. And then from a parenting perspective, how can you sort of instill that, that into your children? And then from a cultural perspective, how do you build cultures that encourage grit right and a culture could be a family a culture could be your business right Right, Uh, your work environment so how do you build those cultures and i think it's really really important in this day and age especially in this age of like instant gratification 24 hour news uh news cycle uh, you're just receiving so much information and a lot of it can just like trigger you and sort of like bring you down yes and it's like how do you make yourself more resilient Mm -hmm. i found this book to be incredibly interesting i'm actually 80 percent above average on the grit scale it's, there's a test that you there's do. a test that you do i'm yeah. laughing and juliet has not laughed at all but just it was the this way you said serious. i'm 80 percent above average yeah and i laughed because that's just for me such a, a you thing to say <laughs> but i and think you're it's like US it's data. not a joke i think it's us data but i'm like 80 percent above average that's interesting. Um, I get nervous when I hear a thing like that mm. and someone says to me, oh, well, it turns out that I am X amount over average. I'm thinking, I already don't want to do that because sitting here and not even having done the test, mm. I would say, well, Juliet is 80% more grit <laughs> than me. And so if you're no, not more true, not true, me- not true. Phoebe's done an ultra marathon, right, in LA. Like, <laughs> uh, not true. Team, not true. But- not true not true not but it's true. one of those things where you just think oh my goodness i'm so nervous to hear the result of that test before i start i but mean it's it makes important sense. first of all it's something you can work on yeah so it's just like anything like you can work on it and i think it's really good to have that transparency of you know where am i now yeah and then you figure out where you want to go mm-hmm. right so and also people are gritty and focused in certain areas of their lives and then maybe they need to step it up in other areas yeah, yeah right yeah. you're not going to be gritty 24 7 
God, or yeah. in every area of your You'd life. You'll be exhausted. You'll be exhausted. So that's not how it works, right? So I definitely have areas in my life where I'm incredibly gritty. And then I just have areas where I'm like, you know what? I need to watch Real Housewives of Dallas. Yes. And I don't care. Not right? that particular show. I do but... like that show. But exactly. So you, you do need to have a balance. But I love the book because she takes a very scientific approach to something that is intangible and the big thing about this book right is that people usually rate talent mm-hmm. so they're like oh you're a natural oh you're so talented oh my goodness yeah and the book is like you know what it's actually a myth right mm-hmm. the people that are quote unquote the most talented don't always get the farthest in life right yeah it's really the people that focus and work the hardest but also, and I, 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 and I do believe that you see that you see people that you went to high school with, they went, you know, and like when they were like 16, they were like most likely likely to succeed. Mm-hmm. They were beautiful. They were rich. They had everything. And it's like, where are they now? They're my boss. <laughs> um, no, but you're right. And but I think as well that there is this. But I around. have a very self. I, I believe in self-determination. Yeah, it's a bit different. No, 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 absolutely. I was actually going to say one of the things that you said there that I thought was really interesting was, you know, the as well the need to trivialize when people say oh my god you're so naturally talented and so much of the time yes there's a a natural propensity or there's a genetic kind of step up Mm. the ladder or whatever but so much of the time people who are exceptionally good work exceptionally hard yeah and that is the defining part and i say that but also what's key and before Mm. we wrap up right what's really really key is that if you want to win you need to be on a winning team right Mm -hmm. so you want to be team gb swimmer like Mm -hmm. you need to join the best team whatever it is you want to do you need to surround yourself with those people with those people you need to be in a culture that fosters that level of hard work and that level of commitment right so that's really key you can sort of you can you can work on yourself on an individual level Mm -hmm. but the environment that surrounds you is absolutely crucial in yes. terms of determining how far and how successful you can be. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's a really big takeaway from the book. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that as this podcast goes on, we'll get the chance to kind of explore that a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, that that is the goal, right? You want people who who believe that your success is their success in only the most positive of ways. That's so key that that having people that are invested in your success trust me you're going to move mountains that's another podcast episode i can do a whole <laughs> i can do a whole podcast Same. episode on that right but thank you so much guys for listening to yes. our first episode thank you for sticking with Maybe us until the end we'll do like when we start to get loads of sponsorship we'll do but any sponsorship code we release we'll only do at the end of the episode so you definitely listen to the whole thing um, exactly. but thank you so much for for listening with us hopefully you're along for the journey <laughs> <laughs>